You're listening to The Group Sessions, a podcast that bridges the gap between informed public health and healthy mental hygiene. My name is Rob, and I'm a certified mental health life coach and master NLP practitioner. I'm best known for my publications and social media content, as well as individual counseling. Join me on this therapeutic journey while we analyze and overcome issues impacting our mental well-being. What's up, everybody? Welcome and welcome back to group. So happy to have you back. If you're returning, welcome. If you're new here, welcome. Um, have you ever felt or or noticed this behavior in anyone else? Um, I want to talk about like how we the thing. I don't know how to word this. I'm trying really hard not to offend anyone but I want to talk about the nature of competition as it pertains to our own self-esteem and I don't know if maybe the direction of this episode needs to be more focused on self-esteem in general like do you guys know exactly what self-esteem is and how it's impacted but I do feel like the best way to examine that is through the lens of competition, especially considering the type of world that we live in today, given things like social media, you know, getting our likes up, getting our followers up, getting our watch time up. The us as people, generally speaking, the human being is really placed in a on a scale of worth measured numerically. And so I, I really wanted to just just tap in a little bit and discuss the nature of competition and how it um how it helps how it's good the pros and cons of competition how it how it can be helpful and how it has been helpful um but what happens when we tie our actual worth as a human being into winning and losing that's more so what I want to tackle. So bear with me on today's episode. I am actually in a good medium amount of pain. (laughs) I have been doing laundry and all of that good stuff. And I took off the, like I have a um, mattress topper, I think. It's a feather bed, but it's a like... I don't know how to, I'm just, I know if you know, you know, but I'm trying to describe it. So like for people that have a pillow top mattress, it's kind of, it's kind of like a pillow top mattress cover. So you have that extra cushion. Um, And when I bought it, it was around the time that I got this mattress and I bought it and I was, I remember thinking I put it on there. I was like, oh, this doesn't really feel like it's doing anything. It doesn't look like it looks in the picture, all of that stuff. And so one night this week, I um, took it off and I did laundry late. I usually do it like on the weekend, like during the day so that if I wash my bed sheets, they're going to dry and I'm going to put them back on the bed before I go to sleep. But I washed it late. So I said, you know what? I'll just put my regular sheets on and stuff like that and just sleep without it while it's drying. When I tell (laughs) y'all... My back is in the most incredible pain. I don't know what 
has been taking place. I do have a spring mattress, which I know a lot of people prefer the memory foam. I like the firmness of a spring mattress. Um, not really into memory foam. I don't like sinking into the indentation. I know that they have different levels of firmness, but it's just not for me. But baby, <laughs> I didn't realize how lumpy and hard this mattress was until recently. And now I've just been all fucked up in the game. So I am in a significant amount of pain, but I did promise that this episode was going to come out on Friday. Um, as a result, I'm probably not going to do any retouches to it. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I've been actually trying to go through the more recent episodes and manually cut out some of the silence. Not all of it. I don't like it to sound super um, rehearsed, but there are times that I'll get lost in thought or I'll say something and I'll really just take a moment to reflect like, damn, that was like that was some real shit. So. You're going to get all of that in this episode. <laughs> You're going to get all of that. Um, the only thing I might do is just do some uh, audio enhancement, which is a, a switch of a, it's just a matter of clicking a switch. So, um, but yeah, before we jump into today's content, I want you to go ahead and hit me up on Instagram at Robert St. Michael, spell the whole thing out, R-O-B-E-R-T-S-A-I-N-T-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. What I'm going to start doing on that page is I'm going to start posting the most recent. Well, I don't want to say the most recent episode, because if you're following the podcast and you have your notifications on, you're going to get the episodes before I post them to Instagram. Um, but I'm going to post um, a recent episode and pin it to my uh, page. But I'm also going to pin like a journal assignment. So if you guys are in group. Just like a little quick thing to reflect on based on our session that we just had or our next upcoming session. So you'll have like that there to participate in. And I hope that you guys, um, you know, I hope that you guys do participate or at least are able to see the participation of other people. Sometimes seeing how other people relate to certain things in life does wind up helping us. Um, don't forget to give this uh, episode and the podcast a five-star rating. Make sure that you have your notifications on. Share the episode with someone who you feel can benefit from this. Like I've said before, you'd be surprised who would, who becomes a listener of this content and actually feels like something in it changed their life or they feel seen or they feel heard. Um, so yeah, let's jump into... The concept of competition. So to start things off, I want to kind of discuss with you guys the, the idea of um, inferiority complexes, which is, of course, opposite of like messiah complexes or superior superior art. Damn it. Superior superiority. There we go. Superiority complexes. An inferiority complex is typically like a lens by which you're conditioned to see the world um, as if you are always inferior in any given situation. Now, I will go. I do want to do an episode on psychological complexes being 
your superiority complexes, your God complex, Messiah complex, uh, hero complex, your inferiority complex being Napoleon complex. Um, I, I do want to do an episode exclusively on that, but I don't, that's not going to be today's episode. Also want to do an episode on, um, narcissists versus sociopaths. We've talked about this on the, oh damn. I don't know if we ever released that episode on a bridge. Uh, I don't know. I got to check with Shannon, <laughs> but, um, I want to, I want to have that conversation as well. Um, and just more mental illness, mental illness, informational content. I want to put that out there. I think that when it comes to mental illness, we have a very small understanding of it and it leaves room for a lot of assumptions, which aren't necessarily fair. So I want to bring us to a place where we are learning and growing and becoming more informed because, you know, that's what we're about here. If you if you're a part of this community, if you come to group, um, you're listening to content because you want to grow. You're listening because you want to change your life. You're listening because you want to make adjustments and improve your quality of life as well as how you impact other people's quality of life. So these are things that you as a person are committed to. I don't believe that anybody is just listening to this podcast that doesn't want to like grow into a better version of themselves or um, a more optimized version of themselves mentally. I really believe that every single person listening is a part of our group circle, a part of our community. And so when you listen to these episodes, you probably feel seen. You probably feel exposed. But you know what? That's why you come to group in the first place, because we're all going through it together. We're all going through it together. So, um, yeah, let's jump into our content for today. Um, so let's start off with the, the positives. Let's start off on a high note. I don't want anyone to think or feel that I'm saying that all competition is toxic that competition is not necessary, that competition is unhealthy. Competition itself is neither healthy nor unhealthy. It's more so about your relationship with it, what you take from it, what does it imply about you and all of those other things. And I, I say this to all of my clients, and I've said this on other episodes as well, is really about your relationship with the thing. Money is not good or evil. It's how people treat money, how people respond to it, people's relationship with it. So I do think that that can be really, it can be really dangerous to have an unhealthy relationship with competition. And I'm going to tell you why. Competition is one of those things that it's been a tool and a strategy that has been used to push productivity, to push innovation. And some of the most amazing ideas have come from competition. Um, almost all of your favorite things is the result of one company competing with another. Anything that you buy or that you choose to buy comes from a very 
layered matrix of competition that leads you to purchasing that particular thing. Whatever your artist is, the type of music that you listen to, there's a reason why some people like, I don't know who are too similar. There's probably some people who like Bryson Tiller um, more than Brent Brent Fayez. Some people like Brent more than Bryson. And, you know, there's a reason why. There's but so when it comes to simple ideas, there are but so many different ways to do something, you know, and if multiple people want to profit off of doing the same thing, they have to do them somewhat differently and or they have to have a reason why a consumer would prefer theirs over someone else's. And this is where the competition comes in. Um, I think that we would be in a very dull and boring world without the presence of competition. Thinking about just things like style, the type of pillows you like, um, the type of shoes you wear. Without competition, there wouldn't be any push for anyone to stand out in what they're doing to, to think about how to make a better experience for you as a consumer how to push the boundaries of how we use resources and um, keep things at a certain price point. All of these things are a product of competition. So I don't really feel that competition itself is a bad thing. I feel like that there's there's a very important role that competition plays in our in our world. Now, that leads me into why it can be dangerous with an unhealthy relationship. Because competition is so important in things like consumer buying habits. When you buy into the competition, it makes it you become more you become a person that's more easily manipulated let me explain let me explain let's say that i don't know i want you i want to sell you a jacket right i'm probably going to create a sense of you needing this jacket And the way that I'm going to convince you that you need the jacket is by making a comparison with you having this jacket with you versus the jacket that you currently have. Now, there could be absolutely nothing wrong with your jacket. But if you're a person that has to win and has to be like the person that has the best or You can't deal with the idea that someone else has made a valid argument as to why you don't have the best. Then you're just a very easy target for someone to rope you into their design. And you're probably going to buy that jacket because you don't want to deal with the feeling of inferiority of not having that jacket or having something that's not as good as that jacket. Now. While this is just simply um, a matter of an example of just consumer spending habits, 
the same can like that mindset can be used by other people and other aspects of your life. Um, relationships. If some, if you're have someone in your life that doesn't have the best intentions for you, which I hope that you guys don't, but this does tend to happen when someone learns what your buttons are. And when your buttons is something as simple as like competition, it's really, really easy for people to sway your thoughts and your emotions in the direction that they want them to be. The reason be the reason being is that competition relies on a judge. Like you can't just there needs to be some sort of verification or validation at the end of this. So think about this. Like, let's say you were playing a game. Let's say we were playing tic-tac-toe. And the goal of tic-tac-toe is to get three in a row. Tic-tac-toe, three in a row. You get the tick next to the tack, next to the toe. Tic-tac-toe, toe-tac-tick. That's how you do it. Now, what if you always get three in a row, but I still insist that you lost and I won, even though I didn't get three in a row? You probably think I'm crazy. You're like, okay, well, you obviously don't know how to play the game. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I could hear y'all saying it in the background of the episode. You obviously don't know how to play the game, right? Now, what if you were on national television with this game of tic-tac-toe and you played your hardest, you got your three in a row and the judge of this national event on television Determine that you lost. Everyone else is like, wow, you lost. Your opponent is like, you lost. And you're telling the world, hey, no, that's not true. I got three in a row. And everyone's like, well, still, you lost. You obviously don't know how to play the game. That is... Your sanity, when when you need that verification in order to feel that self-worth, your sanity itself can be up for question because now you're dealing with the internal conflict of wanting really, really bad to be right, but everyone's telling you you're wrong. And when it's just one or two people, it's one thing. But when you're the only person that thinks you're right, you're the only person that thinks you won, it doesn't really feel like a win. It doesn't feel like a win. A part of competition is that there needs to be somebody out there or some type of an audience to verify that what you have is worth what you say it is. And when there is an audience that is able to look at what you have and be convinced that it's not worth as much as you say it is, you feel less of a, that that self-esteem gets knocked down a few pegs. So what I'm getting at is that you can have competition in your life and you can approach competition in a healthy way but it doesn't have to be tied to how you evaluate yourself as an individual. Having less doesn't make you less. 
not having the best jacket doesn't have to have an impact on your individual worth. Not winning an argument or not winning a game, not being the person that's right, not having the last say, it does not have to connect to how you feel about yourself. For a lot of people, even though you may not want to admit it, it it does, it unfortunately does connect. It unfortunately does connect to how you feel about yourself. And that's where we get into these problems. I um, have a friend. Her name is Burgundy McCurdy. She is super dope. Uh, met in college. And she is the number one college volleyball athlete in the country. Um in terms of her stats. Well, was, but I think her stats is still un, undefeated to date. And this was a while ago. And um, I will never forget that we would go and watch her, um, her games and we would just cheer her on and stuff like that. And I learned a lot about sportsmanship and competition from Burgundy from like a, com- like an everyday competitive, but also in business um, she's given me some very sound uh, business advice. She's actually, um, shout out to you, Berg. Shout out. She did her thing. She's actually a senior account manager at um, one of the top accounting firms in the world. And she's dope. She's an inspiration. Super proud of her. But when I would watch Burgundy play, you could kind of see, well, you could see in her eyes that she was competing against herself. She was trying to be better than she, she was trying to push herself to the max of what her performance can be. And through her discipline and her exercise, she was trying to develop her body to be able to max out at a higher capacity each time. And so I could, I would watch her play and you can tell that competition for her she didn't really she didn't see anybody else other than her it was it was just her it was her on the court um she she obviously was a team player and she cheered her people on but Berg has this she has this um this locked in mode where it's really just about her it's about what she can do it's about setting a personal goal and saying, I want to at least meet this, if not exceed this goal. It's not necessarily about saying, I want to be better than this person right now in this moment. It's not necessarily about saying, I need this outcome to be the outcome. It's about personal growth. And I just think that that's just such a beautiful example of how competition can drive you to be the best version of you that you can possibly be, you know, and even I find that to be true in a lot of athletes. Now, there are athletes out there that do have very particular rivalries, you know, and that's that's cool. It's all for good entertainment and stuff like that. But what I was able to see is at the end of all of this, we all kind of come together. You you get to see like how other teams kind of talk to each other in terms of teammates, you know. So it, it's not it's not a, a vicious 
thing. I don't know that I'm explaining myself right. This competition is is something really hard for me to talk about because I'm I'm competitive where I feel it matters. But when it comes to like general things, I, I don't really I'm not competitive like that anymore. But I used to be. I used to be when I was a choreographer and a coach at Siena College. Shout out shout out to Solid. Um, that was actually my, f- y'all, <laughs> that was my first, was it my first? Yeah, that was my first, like, dance gig, like, out of high school. My first choreography gig was at a D1 college. It was super dope. Um, But my sister eventually went to college, and she went to St. Rose. And so Sienna and St. Rose both are in Albany, New York, but we're on different step teams. And um, when it comes to personality, my sister and I have the, we have the most similar personality. (laughs) And so when it comes to competition, we will always have like this one show that we would compete in. And it actually launched the competition season for a step, which is in February. It was always Valentine's Day weekend. It was at the Palace Theater, very theatrical stage, lighting arrangements. We had to choreograph every aspect of everything. Um, And so when it came time, me and Tiffany actually wouldn't speak to each other. (laughs) We would not talk for, I want to say, like a month and a half leading up to that, the actual show. And even sometimes a little bit after because we had we were just we were both competitive in that way and a part of my mindset and probably her mindset too is that like when we are actually in competition mode there's an enemy right and so there was this mindset at least that I had was like okay anyone that is my opposition if you're an op you're out to destroy me you're my enemy and a part of holding on to that competition spirit is that I held on to that enemy mindset all year long. So it's not just while we're playing the game. It's like anytime I hear your name, there's a fire that lights inside of me, you know, um, which I definitely outgrew that. But even, even still in that time, it, it just wasn't really a position for me to, it, it wasn't helpful. It wasn't helpful. And I started realizing how toxic that mindset was, especially when it came to um, what we were doing. You know, we, we were a step team and we did travel and compete and things like that. But at the end of the day, we were bringing culture together. I didn't realize how bad and how dangerous the thoughts and the things that I would say was until I retired, resigned and retired from Siena College and started my own youth development choreography company. And so I would contract with these high school, high schools and just community organizations and things like that. Um, I was out here in these streets, y'all. My 20s was kind of lit. I was I was doing the damn thing. I learned that's why I know so much because I've had so many like 
huge experiences when I was in a really young age. So, um, but I would have these schools and I would have these step teams with these young girls and stuff like that. And I remember at one point I was advising for all of the step teams out there in Albany. Well, all of them that were, well, almost all of them, almost all of them. I had advice for all of them and I just was coaching, coaching and choreographed for like, I think two. Um, and I was able to, at some point, bring these two teams together. These are kids that would have never known each other outside of this. And just seeing them come together just felt really good. But I would also hear them talk about how they're just ready to beat this other school or these other girls and they're bet who's better than who. And when I was hearing that, I, it clicked in my mind for the first time that pushing this narrative is actually really dangerous because these young girls, what I'm saying, if I'm pushing a narrative of competition as it aligns to self-worth, then their self-worth is actually connected to whether or not they win a trophy or not. And that's not a good lesson to teach a teenager. That's not a good lesson to teach anybody, but I'm definitely not about to teach these teenage girls that their self-worth is precedented on them beating somebody else. And this was, I did this for a few years. I would say four years, four, maybe five years. Um, Yeah, I did this probably for like four or five years. And so it actually started getting crazy, y'all, where the girls would, people was getting into fights after school. (laughs) Like girls from one step team would be trying to jump girls from another step team or it was just wild. And I was like, I didn't know that it was giving it up like this at the McDonald's down down the road. Like who, who throws hands at McDonald's like that? That's that that's crazy to me. So as a result of finding that that was what was going on within the city, I refused to let um, my teams compete. Now, the reality is, of course, they would have won. Of course, there's not too many high school step teams that have the expertise of someone from a collegiate level. And there's also not too many people whose strict expertise in performing arts is step. I've been stepping since I was eight, seven. So this has been just, I've been doing this. But the reason why I didn't let them compete was because as long as I didn't allow them to put that hat on, I knew that I could push them in the direction of being leaders of understanding that there's more to life than competition. There's more ways to have fun. There's more ways to enjoy. There's there's so much more. And when I tell you as a result, I watched them grow and develop into young ladies and they were just so, they had so much integrity, you know, and you can look at them in comparison to, you know, some of the girls from the other school. I just watched them be able to, my teams were like the only teams that because we didn't compete, we were able to actually go to other like schools and do like college and career days. And they had the license to to give somebody else their credit and give them their big ups. Be like, hey, y'all know I like what y'all did. Y'all got this move. I like that, you know, and it's so 
it's so much more powerful to have young people validating each other than tearing each other down for the sake of a trophy. Because truth be told, y'all, you ain't going to, them trophies is just, they a dime a dozen, you know? So I learned my lesson when it came down to me having to think, is my approach and my mindset to competition something that I would want to pass on to my children, to my daughters, my sons? Do I want the younger generation? Do I do my thoughts today represent what I would want the young younger generation to carry on? Um, are 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 my approaches to competition compromising my own individual worth in the eyes of other people? Um, and so. I came full circle in that and and learned that there's more to like, there's more to an experience. What's the nature of this moment? I can tell you that now as an adult, when I hang with my friends and we be playing games and stuff, I don't even remember how the games end. We, we start playing and then we start laughing and just joking and and games to to me is more like a social icebreaker just to kind of like loosen up and just really bond and connect and stuff like that. So I, I look to 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 have link ups that have that type of vibe, that type of energy. And I, I guess maybe it's because of who I am. I don't really attract people that have a a very strict competitive backbone. I can't think of a single friend group or person that is like, you know, dead set on like this competition is like for real, for real. We talked a little bit about this. If you haven't, go head over to listen to the Bridge Millennial podcast. And me and Shannon actually had this conversation, which is what sparked me kind of talking about it and asking certain questions to my friends and family and the people in my life. Like, hey, how y'all feel about this? Like, y'all ever felt like... You know, and so that kind of sparked a, a lot of like today's topic. But go go over there and listen. I know that I've mentioned the Bridge Millennial podcast before, and it's just an easy, laid back, chill podcast. But um, we had talked about like how we like to have different types of fun. Where Shannon, she loves to compete. She likes to win. She likes to have that. I don't want to call it bragging rights because we didn't go that deep in the conversation. I want to put words in her mouth, but she's a person that really loves that competition aspect of things. And she likes to, to that feeling of winning in whatever it is that she's doing, whether it is she's a performer as well. So I'm sure whether it is on stage when she's doing her thing, when she's on tour or even if it's just a friendly game of connect four, you know, that's, that's how she, that's her spark. I know that, um, my friend Berg that I was telling you about, she is a D one pro hall of fame athlete. So there's no doubt in my mind that <laughs> she probably has other people who have the same type of mindset and stuff like that as her. Now with her, I have been able we've always played games and stuff like that and just got silly and stuff like that I don't think that she takes competition everywhere she goes I think that she has a space for it but I do know that she does like recreational sports and stuff like that too now and so 
there is an aspect and an avenue of her being able to have bragging rights and and winning and stuff like that. So I don't want you or anybody anybody who's listening, I don't want y'all to think that I'm bashing you for being competitive. But I do encourage you to read the room. And I also encourage you to think about how important is the outcome of this game or this activity to you once it's over. Are you carrying the weight of that loss? Are you carrying the pride of that win? How long are you carrying it? If it's something that's just sticking with you, you know what I mean? And it and it, and it wasn't that serious. Y'all know who y'all are. If, if you were that person, you know who I am. If we were just playing Uno, I know Uno gets personal. I know. I know. Uno is that game. I get it. But if you lost and you're tight for like hours after, there might be a chance that you're, you've tied your self-esteem into competition. There might be a chance that losing forces you to question your own individual value. Okay, I'm here to tell you that that's not the case. Losing doesn't decrease your individual value and winning doesn't increase it. People can win and lose more so because they just weren't at the top of their game in the moment. You know, it doesn't mean that your opponent is literally capable of um, more than what you're capable of. In fact, I would I would actually suggest that if you wanted to know what the capability is, what the the um, potential is, you probably need to examine both people doing these activities individually, not necessarily in the presence of competition. But just know that win or lose, you're still who you are. You get to still be who you are. And if you do want to push yourself by beating someone, I inspire you to be in competition with yourself. I inspire you to look to beat who you were yesterday. Um, if you're a Uno person, think about how you can improve your individual game. Can you use this activity or this interaction? And I just keep bringing up card games just because um, I got game night with... Uh, <laughs> I got game night planned this weekend and I'm looking forward to it. So, but um, yeah, whatever you're doing, focus more on how to improve your game and how this can be an opportunity for you to increase and maximize your potential versus using yourself as a comparison to someone else. Because I wonder too, how would you feel if you didn't do your best, but someone else just happened to do worse than you? Do you still take that win with the same glory that you would take if you did your absolute best? I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I can tell you from experience. I have led a team to victory. We've won because another team messed up. But if that other team didn't mess up right there. They would have won. Um, And that didn't feel good. Anybody that I've seen in a serious competitive avenue, just their own 
integrity and just their own self-respect alone, if they are going to be at the top of their game and take this win, they also prefer that their opponent is at the top of their game as well. They're not looking to just win over somebody, you know? There, there was a story of... um. I don't have the time. I know we over time with this episode. Absolutely. But um, there was a story of like the uh, best chess player in the world. Um, uh, You know what? I'll, I'll save that for later. But the moral of the story is that your self-worth cannot be connected to how you perform in measurement of somebody else. If you're going to compare yourself, compare yourself against yourself. And let that be your stats. Let that be where you stand. Strive to be the best you that you can be. You're able to increase your value whether someone is present or not. You don't need a competition or a game or a challenge from another. But you can challenge yourself if that's what you're looking for. Um, So, yeah. Thank y'all for rocking with me. I know I feel I feel so distracted because I'm in a lot of pain, but I appreciate you guys being here with me. I'm probably going to take like a week off or something because your boy is going to need some type of like muscle relaxer or something. But thank you guys for kicking it with me for another episode. Uh, make sure that you like, comment, subscribe. Give me some ratings. Give me a five-star rating. Drop some reviews and let me know what you guys want to hear about next time. I've been your mental health coach for today and I will catch you in the next session. Bye.